0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How's everyone doing tonight? You guys look amazing. Hey, well, it is so exciting to be here hanging out with you guys. My name is Daniel, but all my friends call me Stallion. Yeah. Uh, since I grew up in Italy, and if we haven't met, what's up? It's my pleasure to meet, make your acquaintance. Um, how many of you guys were at Chi Alpha this past weekend? Make some noise for Chi Alpha. That's what's up. Let me tell you guys something. The fact that all of you guys are here, that we had that many people, doing an amazing event like that, while at the same time we had a bunch of middle schoolers in Atlanta for Believe, that's just incredible. And we've got an incredible team here of student ministry. Anna and James killing the game in high school. Um, Just so you know, if you don't see James tonight, it's because the dude is sick. And so if you have his number, if you have his social media, send him some love. Be like, what's up, dude? I heard you're sick. Um, and tell him that you miss him and care for him and all those sweet things that you would say. But we're starting a new series tonight called Suit Up, and I could not be more excited. Oh, let me say this, before we, before we jump in, let me remind you guys, I know Anna just talked about this, but let me tell you, Journey Camp really is going to be an incredible experience this summer, we're literally like we're going away. A hundred of us. Um, we're going to be middle school and high school combined, but not in the bus ride, and not in the dorms, and not in any activities. Just like we're all going the same week. Um, so it's almost like we're going to be like two separate groups. But we're going to Coa Falls, Georgia. It's on a college campus. It's actually where they filmed a good part of um, one of the last Avenger movies. Was filmed in this area in the gorge. Um, there's a ton of incredible activities. We may show a promo video in the weeks to come. But sign up for that. It's like a five day thing. Like, we'll leave Monday, come back on Friday during the day. Um, There's going to be incredible teaching there. Uh, I might be leading a breakout session while we're there. Uh, but it's just going to be a blast. So please, please, please sign up for that. As Anna said, MountHorrorBMC.com for our students. You can always find information about what's happening. Um, you can find out. I actually made the pages there with all the information. So please go check that out, if nothing else, because I made it. Thank you. Um, all right. So we're talking about this series suit up. And I'm super excited because if you think about this for a second, whenever there's something important that needs to happen, whenever there's like a big battle or something that's about to go down, usually the leader will rally his group with an incredible, mighty call. For instance, if you're Transformers, maybe you know this, my man Optimus Prime, he'll get everyone rallied up and I'll say, Autobots, Roll out, okay? Like, that's is like cry. Like, that's like he says it, they know what's up, it's time to go, let's do this. Then you got The Avengers. Is anyone excited about the last Avengers Endgame coming out? It's literally like a month and two days, and don't ask me why I know that. It's like, I feel super, I, wa- I think this is why. I watched um, Infinity War um, the first time, and I was like, huh? And I did not remember anything from the previous movies, so I, I made the fatal mistake. I, I turned to YouTube, and I started watching some of the people's videos who explain, like, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And let me tell you something, I have <laughs> wasted so much time watching, like, conspiracy theories about Avengers, okay? But I am ready for the last movie uh, of this, um, whatever they call it, um, they have like a word for it. I can't think of it now. But I'm excited for Endgame to come out. Um, but the Avengers, when it's time for them to get together, Tony Stark or Captain America usually will say, Avengers, assemble. Okay? like This is like, this is like common knowledge. Like I'm not just the, one who, the only one who knows this. Of course, when I was a teenager, the cool thing to watch was Power Rangers. Yay. Hey, we got like three fans in the audience. Four, thank you. I actually wasn't allowed to watch it. True story. I would sneak to my friend's house and watch it. Don't do that, but I did. Um, and my parents didn't. I don't know why they didn't want me watching it, but I wasn't supposed to. But they used to always do this thing. They would take their hands and be like, and they always said something. Does anyone know what they said? No, that was that was Avengers. Close. They do their thing with their hands. It's morphin' time. We've got a fan in the front. Like that, okay? And so for all these things, there's a call to action. And so for our call to action for this series is suit up. We don't have a cool like motion to go with that dab, okay? Maybe that will be ours. But suit up. The idea is there's a battle going on. There's something that's happening. You need to suit up. Now, the truth is, whatever you do in life, no matter what you do, my dad has taught me two things. The first one is that there is the right tool for every job. There's a proper tool for every job. And the truth is, too, you need the right get up for every job. You need the right suit for every job. Like, like think about this for a second. Think about firemen with me. Firemen have trained to be able to go into, like, burning buildings with their suit, like, it's made to keep fire off of them. Like, it's made to be repellent. I don't even know how heavy it is, but they've got, like, oxygen tank, oxygen mask. They've got, like, their, their hard hat. They've got, like, axes and hatchets, and they've got everything that they need. And sometimes they carry the big hose on their shoulder, too. Like, if they went into a building without that stuff, that'd be crazy. It's like, dude, that that's your job. You need those things. I think it's like a um, race car. I don't know if it's NASCAR or Formula One, but some of those guys, I think it's like the, the, the jumpsuit that they wear is like 20 to 30 pounds. Like it's like heavy and it's on them. One of those guys actually, they like lose five pounds throughout the course of a race. I mean, it's like a physical toll on your body. You need the right suit. You need, you need to make sure that you're wearing the right stuff. And if you're working out, you need to make sure that you're wearing the right clothes. For instance, there's one item of clothing that you should never, ever wear working out. Does anyone know what that is? Jeans. Does anyone work out in jeans? Like, jeans are awesome. Like, I love jeans. I, like, live in jeans. But you, some people have tried it, but it's just crazy. I remember this one time, I'll never forget this, because at my college, we didn't have sports, it's a small Bible college, and we didn't have sports at the time, they do now, go Rams, CIU, Um, but at the time, we used to play this one football game every year, it was a flag football game, so you just had to not tackle people, just rip their flag down, but for some reason, they decided that the line should be full contact. So while we were just running and ripping flags, the line was like, (laughs) full contact, And it was incredible. It was one game a year. If you lived, if you were originally from the north part of America, you could play on the north team. If you were from the south part of America, you played for the south team. And it was like two months leading up to the game, the week of the game, it was like you guys were enemies for that period of time. Not really, but almost. And I'll never forget this because we would go to practice and we'd practice like pulling flags and we'd practice plays and we, we all geared up for this one game that we played at the high school, at Ben Lippin High School football field under the lights. The whole school came out. It was like a big deal. And I'll never forget this because we had gone and practiced and I was a part of the North team because in America I was from New York. Matt Densky, my buddy, was on the South team. All the guys on my hall were from the South. They were on the South team. It's so really like talking junk to each other. But we were good friends. And so the last day... Of the day of the football game, we met up that morning. We were just going to do like a walkthrough. Like the quarterback wanted to go over the plays with us, make sure that we were comfortable, know what time to be there, what to wear, all this stuff. And so when we showed up for a walkthrough, this one guy showed up in a pair of jeans. Now he didn't realize that the walkthrough, we were actually going to like try some of the plays, but he just, we weren't just going to go 100%. And so he was like, I thought we were just messing around. I'm like, no, dude, we're actually going to go through some of the plays, but that's fine, we'll just, we'll just do what you can. Well, he got down in his jeans, and he actually was able to take, he was part of the line. He was actually able to get down in his stance, and he would go, and he would tackle people. Like, he actually was able to do it in jeans. So me and another dude went up to him. Now, this guy, his name, I forget his first name, but his last name was, maybe this is his first name. I don't even remember. But his name was Theron, T-H-E-R-O-N. And I would never heard a name like that up until this point because I was from New York. And he was from the south, but somehow he was playing on our team. And so I just always got confused with his name, and so I just called him Thor. This was like before Avengers and all that. And so I was like, Thor, you need to play tonight in jeans. He's like, what? I was like, bro, you need to play tonight in jeans. He's like, I'm not going to be. I was like, dude, you just didn't practice. Trust me, it will intimidate the other team. So, sure enough, that night, Thor showed up and he was wearing jeans and a t shirt. He had cut his sleeves off the t shirt. One of the sleeves he took off and he put on as a headband. He wrote Thor across it. And I was over here with my buddies from, from the other team. I was like, guys, guess what? I was like, we got a player tonight. He's a little crazy in the head. And he's on the defensive line. He's ready to wreck some people. He's playing tonight in jeans. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, no, no, he's not. I was like, no, bro, for real. He's, he's crazy. We call him Thor. He's playing in jeans. And and they like kind of didn't believe me. they were kind of like whatever. And after we talked for a little bit, one of my guys came up to me. He's like, "Dude, let me ask you a serious question." I said, "What?" He's like, "Is that guy is he really is he really playing?" I was like, "Oh, yeah." And we got in their heads and guess what? We won that year. Woo! It was incredible. But what I learned is that you have to have the right gear for the right job, the right outfit for the right job. You have to have the right suit for the right job. And so for the next few weeks, we're talking about the armor of God. We're talking about how to suit up with the armor of God. And so it's just going to be incredible, and we're going to look at all this in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to pull up your phone, that's fine. Pull it up because we're camping out right here. Ephesians chapter 6. Take your time. Hurry up. Go ahead. Turn there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 6, when you're there, um, scratch your head. Okay, before you're there, let's go. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. We're going to read through this, and then we'll go back and highlight a couple of the verses. Um, we're not going to cover the whole chapter tonight. Um, we're just going to get started with this. Ephesians chapter 6 starts out in verse 10 by saying this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his strength, and in the strength of his might. Now, I want to focus on the first few verses. We're going to be looking each week at a different piece of the armor of God. But before we even get to the first piece of the armor, I want to start in verse 10 because he starts out by saying finally. And if he starts out by saying finally, what does that mean? He's done, he's at the end of the letter. Now, we we talked about this last week. We talked a lot about identity. We talked last Sunday in Sunday school as we wrapped up Kyle from Believe. The first part of Ephesians starting in chapter 1 and the first part of it, Paul is speaking to the believers in Ephesus and he's trying to encourage them. They he's saying, I want you to remember this. God has made you in his image. God has made you for a purpose. God loved you. He lavishes grace upon you. And you tell the grace, if you remember that story. He said, everything that, that God has done is giving you purpose and identity. And, and he loves you. And he created you. You're in his image. You're loved. You're redeemed. You're accepted. All these things. And he's taking this whole time to encourage them, to bless them. And then we get to here and he goes, finally, at the very end, let me wrap things up and let me tell you what's really important. Whenever we get to the end of a chapter and there's something like, finally, in closing. Now, when a pastor says that, usually means that there's like another 30 more minutes of talking. Usually that means that there's a whole lot more left to the message. But in this case, it's different. In this case, he's saying, this is what's really important. This is what you need to focus on. And he says, finally, let me give you one final thing. He says, be strong and the Lord and the strength of his might. So you already know it's starting to gear up. It's starting to be a passage that's going to encourage, a passage that's going to challenge. It's like, be strong. And not in your own strength, but in the strength of the Lord, the strength of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now let me say something here. This word schemes is a huge word. He says, I want you to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It would be one thing if he said, I want you to stand strong against the attack of the devil against the the fight with the devil. But he uses the word scheme. I want you to think about this for a second. Because if someone did something bad to me, I think I could kind of handle it. I'm not a big boy. If someone came and did something evil to me, I can handle it. If someone came and offended me, if someone came and was rude to me, all those things, I mean, it would hurt in the minute, but I'd brush it off, I'd, I'd figure it out. But if someone's scheming against me, that means that they're intentionally thinking about how to do me harm. They're intentionally thinking about what are my weaknesses. They're intentionally thinking about what are the ways that I can get you to fail, and that's what the devil's doing. He's intentionally thinking what is the way because we're all wired differently. For some of us, some things aren't aren't a temptation. For some of us, some things don't really matter. For some of us, some things aren't even appealing, and yet Satan is studying you. He's trying to figure out what what makes you tick. He's trying to figure out what's going to distract you, what's going to get you, what's going to discourage you, what's going to upset you, what's going to set you off, what's going to make you so mad that you lash out against someone and regret what you did. He's scheming. And Paul says, in closing, that you need to be strong. You need to stand in the Lord's might. You need to put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against these schemes. And then he reminds the enemies that we do not wrestle He reminds the believers, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. He says we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in all the heavenly places. He says what we wrestle against is unseen. What we wrestle against is invisible. We can't see it. You see, we need to be reminded there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. I, I'm a big fan of movies and TV shows and stuff like that, and sometimes by hanging out with friends of mine who make videos, who are editors or graphic designers, sometimes that's a negative because they've, they've gotten me to think of movies critically. They've gotten me to think of stuff in a way that, 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 that messes movies for me. You remember the TV show 24? I watched with all these guys who were studying film, And the first season of 24 has all these little mistakes, even on Netflix, even on the the DVD box set. Like, as you're watching it, you'll see the camera, like, dipping into the scene. You'll see the big boom, boom mic fall down every once in a while. And when you see that, you remember, like, wait, they're just on a set. This is fake. This isn't real. But you need to get a glimpse of that. Is there any fans of Survivor out there? Man, I'm a huge Survivor fan. I still watch it. I don't even know what season we're on, but I'm watching it. And I watch it with, with these guys, and the one guy I watch it with is a video guy, and he's always saying stuff. He's like, man, I wonder what they did to edit that. I wonder where the cameraman is standing. I wonder if he gets bored staying up at night looking for this guy sneaking off to get an idol. And so I'm always thinking about what happens behind the scenes, and when you look at behind the scenes, you're reminded that some of the stuff isn't real. You're reminded there's a larger thing going on. So I thought it'd be cool to show some behind the scenes clips. I have a photo here. This is a behind-the-scenes from, from one of the, the, the moments with Captain America. I don't actually remember which movie this is, um, if it was the Civil War or, or one of the ones. But it's Captain America, and he was off the, the edge of a building holding on to a helicopter trying to bring it back in. Now, in the movie, he was like in like a skyscraper on like the helipad, like huge all the way in the sky. We can see from the picture, obviously, that maybe it was like a two-, three-foot drop if he went off the edge. Not so impressive anymore. Let's go to the next picture. This is the famous scene in Titanic. I I, I watched an interview one time. You guys have seen Titanic? No? Like five of you? Okay. Well, this is a famous scene. Jack and Rose. And what's the famous line here? I will never let you go. And what does she do? Three minutes later, whoop, lets you go. Okay. This scene, they're in the freezing cold water, but the, but the fact that you see this other dude just chilling in like a wetsuit and just like up there talking to him th- reminds you that it's actually fake. I forget if it was this movie or some other movie. They actually said where the water was so hot that, that the steam that you saw that you thought was cold and they're acting and shivering, it actually was steam because it was so hot compared to the temperature of the room. Like it was like hot to like film in there. I don't remember if it was this movie or a different one, but there's, there, it's made up. This is the, what's happening behind the scenes. Let's go to the next one. I don't know if that's appropriate attire for inside the shire, but, but something crazy is going on there. The building is not done. Um, I guess he's getting his, his, his lines. I don't know. Um, but, but that's awesome. It reminds us of the behind the scenes that's going on. We got one more picture. This one is creepy just because puppets are creepy. <laughs> Bert and Ernie, I, I, I don't know. Let's take this down. This one like scares me. I don't think I'm going to go sleep at night. But you see, Paul wants us to remember that there's a real battle going on, and just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. In fact, the devil is so good, and, and he's there at scheming to say, man, if you can't see it, you're not thinking about it. And, and Paul understands this. He's like, listen, we don't naturally think about stuff that we don't see. That's why I need to remind you of this. That's why you have to remember that there's some stuff happening behind the scenes. That's why it's important that we talk about spiritual warfare. You see, so many of us find ourselves in difficult situations and circumstances. And a lot of times we'll blame it on on our parents or our friends or that person who made me do this thing. At at the root of this all, there's an enemy, a real enemy, the devil, who desires to see you make mistakes. He desires to see you not succeed. We're always talking and preaching up here about how you can accomplish so many great things and there is someone working against you. And what you have to do is remember, Paul is saying... We already have the victory in Christ, but someone's scheming against you. If you want to figure out how to move forward, you've got to put the armor of God on. You have to suit up. And so with that in mind, we get to verse 14 where he starts, or verse 13 first, where he says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. He says you're going to need all the strength you can get. Start with the armor And he's going to give us six pieces. And tonight we're looking at number one, the first piece of the armor of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the belt of truth. John Cena! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> this is a belt that I won from Amazon.com for $12. Now, obviously, this is not the belt that they're talking about. In fact, Paul is actually making, making reference to a, Roman guard, a Roman's guards outfit. What I love about the Bible is that it was written in a context that we may not be familiar with, we may not understand, but it made sense to the reader. Like today, if, if Jesus were speaking or Paul were writing a letter to us, maybe he would be talking about a big old belt like this. But back then, they were talking about a Roman guard's outfit. And so he's talking about the belt that ties on it as the beginning of their armor. You see, the belt was so important because that was the first thing that had to be fastened. Now, I'm not talking about their clothes. Obviously, they had to be wearing clothes first. But everything else fastened on, starting with the belt. The belt had to be on tight. The belt had to be in position The belt had to be the first piece so that everything else could connect to it. Very much like belts today, think of a fireman, think of a police officer. Everything clips onto their belt. It's such a crucial part of the uniform. Now we're gonna find out as we study this, the first three pieces of the uniform are stuff that everyone has on. It's like a state of mind that you always need to be wearing. And then the other three are items or tools that you're gonna have to pick up and use. Think of it like this. Where's where's my baseball players out in the house? Where's my baseball players? You know baseball, like baseball, have played baseball? You said the word baseball once. Raise your hand. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Baseball, you wear a uniform. You wear an outfit. Uh, uh, I guess uniform is is the correct term. You have this thing on, but then when you go up to different roles, different positions, you have to take different tools. You pick up your bat when it's time to bat. You make sure you have the helmet when it's time for that. When you go to the outfield, you need to make sure you have your glove. In a similar sense, the armor of God, the first three items, is something that we need to have on all the time. And then the other three are things that we will pick up. But it starts with the belt of truth. Now, I think of this one, and we're just going to take a few minutes to talk about this. I think of this one as crucial, and it's crucial for us today because today in our culture, today in our society, whether you understand this or not or agree with this or not, the belt of truth and really truth, is actually being hijacked in society. Think of it for a second. When's the last time that you heard the word truth? What does it mean? What is it reference to? You see, truth back in the day meant one thing, that which was true. Now we have qualifiers on the word truth. We say stuff like your truth, my truth. We have to say stuff like absolute truth. Have you ever heard these terms? Like, we talk about this as if there's multiple truths. Well, by definition, that, that denies that the word truth is what it means. If something is true, it must be true. There can't be another truth. There can't be a second truth. There can't be a variation of the truth. It's either true or it's not true. And you see, in our culture, we've made up this, this definition, this nuance, where really we should be talking about experiences or thoughts or ideas you see, people will go around nowadays and say stuff like, well, the truth for me or my truth or my experience is this, but, but, but your truth is different. It's like, what? Then it's not truth. The, the truth that we know is God's word. Jesus actually said back in John 16, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And no one comes to the Father if not by me. He is the truth. Jesus is the ultimate authority of truth. If you want absolute truth, here it is. It's written right here. And you see, this is so important that we understand because if we live in a place where truth becomes relative, then it means that we're not playing by the same set of rules. If I told you that you could go out, if I told you, hey, it's true that you can go drive and you don't have to wear a seatbelt, then what happens when you get pulled over? You get a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. Just because I told you that my truth is that you don't have to wear it, just because I convinced you that truth is you don't have to, the real truth is, yes, you do. And it becomes a slippery slope when we start talking about things in culture. And today, more than ever, if you watch debates, if you watch interviews, if you watch what people are saying and pay close attention, they continually try to say, well, your truth, well, your opinion of this, your experience of that, but there is only one truth. There's no such thing as multiple truths. Now, there's multiple things that can be true, yes. But when we're talking about something, there's a right and a wrong. There's a truth that comes from God's word. That's why it's so important for us to, to be a part of a church, to be a part of a group who comes, who's studying the truth, who's knowing what God is saying. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 1, verse 17, he says the law that was given through Moses, the, the Old Testament, the, the the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, he says the law was given through Moses. He says, But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible is communicated to us from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. And when Jesus comes and he proclaims his word, he speaks in truth. What he says is real, what he says is authority, what he says is ultimate. And that's okay if it's not popular. And that's okay if people disagree. And that's okay if people don't like it. And that's okay if people don't want to accept it. That's okay if people disagree. But it doesn't change that it is true. It doesn't change that it is real. It doesn't change that it is authoritative. So what do we do? What do we as as high school students in 2019 in Lexington, South Carolina, what do we do? What should we do? When we talk to people, when we hear stuff, when people are talking about truth or people are talking about their opinions, what what should we do? How do we handle this? You see, I think there's three things. This is what I want to end with tonight. I think the first thing is that we need to become curious. I think we've gotten to a point where we just kind of don't care sometimes. We don't only care to know what's right and what's wrong. We don't really care to know who's actually correct. We don't care to know what's truth. And we need to become curious enough, we need to become interested enough in the things of God to find out what is true. The second thing is I think that we need to make sure that we read the scriptures. If this is where truth is contained, if this is where authority is, then we need to know them. If we, if we don't know what this is, if we don't know what this says, then we might as well throw it out. No, we need to know what God's word says. We need to be reading scripture. Sometimes we need to develop that curiosity. I remember when I was your age, I hated, I hated, I hated homework. I was a really bad student in high school. I didn't do stuff. I got in a lot of trouble. And I remember when I was serious about my walk with God, I actually sat down and prayed. I said, God, give me the desire to do homework. Like, help me like, just want to, even just a little bit, to do well in school. And I'll be honest, I prayed that in, and I, I never really like, wanted to do homework. But I sat down and did it. God gave me enough character and enough push to be able to do it. And I think that we need to, to say, God, I don't always get your word. I don't always understand it. But I want to know it. I want to know what's true. And allow him to come and stir inside of you to get you to read his word. Even with you don't feel like it. Even when maybe you don't want to. And the last thing is, I think we need to be like the Bereans. You see, the Bereans were, were this group of people in Bible times. When Paul was traveling and speaking and preaching to different people, there was these people called Bereans. They were from the town of Berea. And the Bereans were unique because it says, it talks about them in, in the book of Acts. As Paul was traveling and, and speaking and preaching to people, in the book of Acts, in, in chapter 17, it actually says that that. That the brothers sent Paul and Silas to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue, and said that these Jews, the Bereans, were actually more noble than the ones in the other town, because they received the word with all eagerness, and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. You see, we have a commitment here in our staff that we're not going to preach this word and tell you something that's false, but at the same time, God commends in Scripture people from Berea because they would hear what Paul was teaching and then they just say, like, oh, cool, that's what we should do, let's do it. No, they went and studied for themselves. They examined the Scriptures. They took it on with eagerness. Even when people were teaching them good stuff, even when Paul, who was like, wrote the New Testament, taught them, they were like, hey, we believe you, but let us check on our own. They said, we understand that what you're saying is true, but we want to make sure that it's true. They had this posture towards the scripture. They had this posture towards the word of God that said, I want to know what is true. And we're going to find out as we look at this series of the armor of God, how important that is. Because if we believe God's word, it will change the way that we live. If we believe that there's an invisible war going on, we will suit up. If we think that it's not true, if we think that it's just a bunch of stories that stows us filling time here, then we're not going to take it seriously. And then the devil will be be able to have a foothold and beat us and conquer us and scheme against us. But if we believe that this is true, if we believe that Scripture is true, if we read it, if we become curious about it, and if we're willing to be like the Bereans to go back and check and see what it says, to make sure that whoever's speaking here, whoever's speaking in there on Sunday morning, whoever's talking to you is giving you truth, not just their own opinions, then... It's as if we take that belt and we fasten it up and God's saying, suit up. And we get ready for a battle. Not a physical battle, but a spiritual battle that we can't see. And that's step one of all these steps that we're going to look at to put the armor on to be able to fight against the enemy. If we believe it's a real battle, we'll take it seriously. If we have God's truth, we'll suit up And get ready for battle. And if we don't, that's your choice. That's the freedom Christ gives you. But know that the battle is still coming, whether we believe it or not. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for these students. Father, we are so excited about what you're doing in this ministry, in these lives, in this town. Father, I'm so thankful for events like Chi Alpha. I'm so thankful for Sunday nights where we can come and study your word. But Father God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight, challenge us, convict us of your truth. Father, may we put the belt on. May we see things how you see them. May we understand that there's a real war going on. It's unseen. It's not visible, but it's still there. So would you help us, Father, over the next few weeks to suit up, to put on that armor? to stand against the enemy who's so hard at work scheming against us, that we may win the battle, that we may be victorious in you, that we may glorify you with our lives. We love you, Jesus.